It's a blessing to be here today. It's truly a joy to be with brethren and to worship God together. I've never preached with a translator before, but I'm thankful for the opportunity to do it today. We're very thankful for all the visitors that we have today. I normally preach rather quickly, uh, so preaching slower today, I'll have to choose my words more thoughtfully. Today I want us to consider how we know the Bible is from God. We talked a couple weeks ago about how we know the Bible is reliable history. But the Bible is more than a history book. It is a revelation from God. Today we will look at evidence to prove this. First, we must consider the Bible's claims. What did the authors say about their writings? Were these their own thoughts or God's? 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 Paul says, all scripture is inspired by God. In context, he is speaking about the sacred writings of the Old Testament, as well as the message of salvation in Jesus that was still being revealed in the New Testament writing. This, all scripture, was inspired by God. This literally means it was God-breathed. It originated from the mouth of God. It comes from the mind of God. That is why it is so powerful. That is why it is able to make us complete. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 20 and 21. Peter writes, No prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will. But men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. This is not something they came up with in their own minds. They were not the source of these words or ideas. It says they were moved or driven by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit determined which direction they went and what they said. Thus it says they spoke from God. The passage that we heard read just a little bit earlier, 1 Corinthians 2, 11 through 13. Here Paul says in verse 11 uh, through verse 13, For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God, which things we speak not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. Paul says no one could just read God's mind and know what he is thinking. But God has revealed his thoughts through the Holy Spirit. He has spoken to us. And this is what the apostles and prophets were speaking. And they wrote it down. So that we can read the mind of God. This is not just a history book. It's not just a storybook. It is the mind of God. His thoughts, his words, his will. What evidence do we have? of this. All the evidence we discussed two weeks ago for the trustworthiness of the scriptures would support these claims we read, but we don't have to take their word for it. God has given us abundant evidence that this is not just a human book. We could talk about the Bible's unity. How about 40 different authors over 1,500 years, writing from different backgrounds in different places, composed one unified book. But this may only be evident to people who have taken time to study the scripture thoroughly. So we could talk about the Bible's scientific accuracy, how it shows great medical and scientific knowledge beyond what would have been known in the ancient world. But we must realize the Bible is not a science textbook. Many times it does speak in poetic language. So what I believe is the best evidence 
is the fulfilled prophecy in the Bible. This is what I want us to focus on today. Only a being outside of the realms of space and time could accurately foretell the future. If the Bible has genuine fulfilled prophecy, then it must be from God. There are a few things we need to understand about prophecy, though. The meaning of prophecy was not always clear to its original audience. We should not expect to see exact dates and times. God did not want to reveal his full plan until the time was right. Paul describes this as the mystery of the gospel in Ephesians 3. Peter describes it as a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your hearts. In 2 Peter 1 and verse 9, it was like a light at the end of the tunnel. It pointed them in the right direction, but they couldn't see everything clearly until they stepped outside and came into the light. Now that we look back at prophecy, we can see it clearly. There is much prophecy in the scripture. We will focus on what is called messianic prophecy. This is the focus of the entire Old Testament. It is prophecy about the Messiah or Christ, prophecy about Jesus. We will focus on the most clear prophecies. There are many other prophecies, but we'll focus on the ones whose fulfillment can be easily historically confirmed. I've narrowed it down to a list of 11 prophecies. Uh, We will not take the time to read all of these prophecies, but I've included the scriptures for you to look at on your own. We can see in these scriptures that the Old Testament says the Messiah would be born as a descendant of David. We know this is true of Jesus. Micah says he would be born in Bethlehem. This is where we know Jesus was born. He would also be preceded by a messenger. We see Jesus was preceded by John the Baptist. Zechariah also says he would ride into Jerusalem on a donkey's colt. We often call this Jesus' triumphal entry. Uh, Zechariah also says, Uh, He would be valued at 30 shekels of silver, not 20 or 40, but 30, not gold or bronze or copper, but silver. Zechariah says this money was thrown to the potter in the house of the Lord. We might think, what does that even mean? (laughs) But we see Judas betray Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Then he regrets what he did and tries to return the money. And he throws the money into the temple. And the priests use it to buy a potter's field as a burial ground for strangers. He threw it into the temple for the potter. Isaiah also says the Messiah would be pierced and scourged for our sins. We see Jesus suffer in this way at his crucifixion. Isaiah also says he would not open his mouth. He would be like a lamb led to the slaughter. We see Jesus did not try to defend himself. He did not argue that he was innocent. He was our lamb sacrificed on the cross. Isaiah also writes, His grave was assigned with wicked men, yet he was with a rich man in his death. We see Jesus was crucified with criminals, but he was not buried like a criminal. Joseph of Arimathea, a rich man, buried Jesus' body in his own tomb. Psalm 22 describes the suffering of Jesus' death. He was mocked. He was surrounded by his enemies. His bones were out of joint. His hands and his feet were pierced. It also says his garments would be divided, specifically by casting lots. All of this is exactly what we see at Jesus' death. How do we explain all of it? If it is not God telling the future, 
then what is the explanation? What objections might people make? Some might say this is not prophecy. This is what we might call post-diction. That means these prophecies were not written before the events happened, but afterward. Is that possible? The answer is no. We know historically that the entire Old Testament was translated into Greek during the reign of Ptolemy Philadelphus in Alexandria, Egypt, between 287 and 247 BC. This means the Old Testament was complete over 200 years before the time of Christ. We also have the Dead Sea Scrolls, physical manuscripts of the Old Testament that scholars date to at least 100 years before the time of Christ. These prophecies had to be written hundreds of years before the events of Jesus' life. What other explanations might we give? Some might say this is not legitimate prophecy. This is self-fulfillment. Jesus knew the prophecies about the Messiah, and he set out to fulfill them on purpose. Is this reasonable? He could have got John the Baptist to prepare the way for him. Uh, he could have rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. Maybe he could have gotten Judas to betray him for 30 pieces of silver. But could he have determined where he was going to be born? Or how he was going to be persecuted and killed? Or what was done with his garments by the soldiers at his crucifixion? Even if he could have, we have to remember that this is not the way the Jews understood these prophecies. It was a mystery to them. They thought the Messiah was going to set up a physical kingdom and lead a rebellion against Rome. They did not think the Messiah would die. If Jesus was trying to set himself up as the Messiah, this is not the way he would have done it. Maybe this is all a big coincidence. Many ancient cultures claimed to be able to prophesy. The Greeks had oracles that claimed to foretell the future. They made educated guesses about the future, and sometimes they came true. There's a story about the Oracle of Delphi in which a king asked if he, would go, uh, if he should go out to battle. The oracle responded, If you go out to battle, a great kingdom will fall. What the king didn't realize is that the kingdom was his own. Safe predictions that are likely to come true. Betrayal for 30 pieces of silver being thrown to the potter in the house of the Lord is not a very safe prediction. Describing a death penalty that had not been invented yet and was only made popular by the Roman government is not a very safe prediction. And we don't just have one prophecy. We have many. Even if these 11 were the only ones, and we said that each had a 1 in 10 chance of happening, which is very generous. That means 1 in 10 people are born in Bethlehem. Even so, the probability of all 11 coming true would be 1 in 100 billion. This is no coincidence. The only explanation is that this is from God. Yes. And if the Bible is from God, it means that we need to be very careful to follow it. We need to give it the respect it deserves. This is the mind of God. These are the thoughts of God, and they reveal to us the will of God. We need to be diligent to know what it says. We need to be diligent to obey it. We are about to sing a song. And as we sing that song, I want you to consider a question. Are you following God's word today? If not, what change do you need to make? Can we help you make that change in some way? Can we help you come to know God's will better? Can we help you obey God's will in your life? If so, please let us know.